Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What's going on, Bears fans? Got a special show for you today. Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, Nicholas Moriano with you, and Rasheed Davis. You guys doing? Yes, Let's sir. go. Yes, sir. In studio with us today. Let's go. It's going to be a fun show. I'm excited. Same. <laughs> This is uh, Rashid. This is a thrill for us. You've had you've been, had an amazing career, an amazing life journey. We appreciate you taking time. Looking forward to all the conversation, and hearing everything that you have to say about Jay Cutler. All the, uh, all the <laughs> <laughs> probably nothing, not much, not much, <laughs> not a whole lot. But I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. You know what? Uh, right away when we put on social media that you were coming in. What, people calling hate, you what happened man what no, happened? no no people <laughs> calling you mr third down king oh, of third down mm-hmm. that uh, was a great article um written so i appreciate that article yeah um, i think that was from uh when he said he gridiron jack m yeah, silverstein yeah. yep fantastic silverstein. job yep i'll read so, jack he's well awesome. his stats in here are incredible though like he, he starts it right away he shows all the bears target from the 2006 team right all the bears targets on first second fourth down combined you had 17, which ranks six. But then you go to just targets on third down, mm-hmm. you were number one on the team with 39. Yeah, I didn't know that until uh, Jack brought that up in that article, and I was, I was kind of blown away too. But I knew what I was coming into the game for, right? Like, it's, that's my job. I knew my role. And, uh, you know, you always have to be ready, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a song by a guy named Sugar Free, rapper. Uh, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Mm-hmm. So I always try to stay ready. Did you hear that, Hogue? If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Yeah, you ain't got to get ready. You got to yeah. say it like that, Oh, bro. okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I, no, I ruined it. If I'm sure I did. you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready, you know? But it's, uh, I'm from L.A., so that's a, a, a popular song. It was a popular song growing up. And I sort of lived my football career by that, you know, that motto. I just always staying ready and understanding when it was my opportunity. If I wanted more opportunities, I needed to perform on that during that time, you know? And then uh, another thing that helped to sort of keep me focused in that zone was the players I played with. Like, so in the preseason, I had a catch I could have made um, across the middle. It was my first year on offense and I had come in and I had performed well in the preseason before any games and then had a couple good games early. And then I forget who we were playing, but it's uh, it was like a dig across the middle of the field. And I went to make the catch. It was kind of almost like a diving catch. I was pulling it in. And when I hit the ground, it came out. Um, and as I'm running off the field, jogging off the field, uh, big Fred Miller comes up and is like, yo, the St. Arena League, you know what I mean? Like, you got to make that catch. And I said, oh, okay, all right, no excuses. Yes, I had it. Yes, I could have made the catch. I made the catch, but I didn't make it through the ground. And so I just. It's just super interesting because yeah. you're fighting for your NFL life. Mm-hmm. You're trying to prove that you belong. Mm-hmm. You didn't play. I mean, if people don't know, you, you didn't play football in high school. You were a little yeah. kid. You, you, you were terrified of playing the game. Mm-hmm. You go to junior college. You've f- almost four years in the arena league. Now you're the big spotlight. You're dropping a ball in the preseason. You got to be worried that you're getting cut and you're out of there. Um, I thought I was getting cut my whole rookie season. So, <laughs> so that was – and I was a defensive back. Yeah. And uh, 
my rookie season, so I wore number 21. And everything was like, I thought I was getting cut every week. So mm. it was just, just play. So I lived in the moment. And it's really compartmentalizing. I try to talk to my son about that and the kids we coach is um, when it comes to uh, mistakes on the football field, plays that you didn't make, they're not even necessarily mistakes. But you want to uh, – I use the analogy of a, 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 of a uh, snowball. What happens with a snowball? Pack a little snow on top of a little snow, start to roll it, starts to pick up more snow. When it comes to football, you don't want that. Mm-hmm. You want to be you want to compartmentalize that, right? So you want to take this that mistake, put it in this bucket or box, leave it in that box. You know, keep them all in their own little boxes. But when it comes to making plays, you want to be like that snowball. You want to stack them on top of each other, right? Like you want to roll them up until that snowball becomes really this huge big snowball by the end of the game. And the more times you can do that consistently, right, the better you'll be. And so one of the the I'm all about consistency, you know, as a player, right? So one of the things that players get in, on, in their heads is that they think they need to be perfect, right? They, I need to be perfect, and that's not true, right? So if you and I are on this, all of us are on the same team and we're playing against four other guys, they're on the same team. All we have to do individually is win majority of our individual battles. Mm-hmm. So if I win 80%, you win 70%, you win 60%, you win 80%, we win that game. Most likely, we win it going away, right? Because we won the majority of the individual battles. And so trying to get them to understand that the dog in me says, I want, I'm going to win every play. The dog in me says, I'm going to give you everything I got, and you're going to know that you was in this fight, and I'm going to win every play. But the reality is we don't win every play. When you don't win that play, you let that play go, and you come and you do the next play. And Rashid, I mean, you talk about consistency and that dog mentality. For you, someone who worked your way up the wide receiver depth chart, mm-hmm. also were a core special teamer. Mm-hmm. What's the difficulty in making sure you know exactly where you need to be in terms of your landmarks on special teams? But, hey, this I'm also going to be out there on third downs like we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. What's the difficulty in making sure you're as good as you can be, prepared as you can be in two out of three phases of the game? Um... I'm sort of ADHD, so I'm all over the place. <laughs> right here. <laughs> so, uh, like I, I tell my son sometimes, he's like, your brain is a NASCAR with bad brakes. Like, okay. He's ADHD. Like, he's, yeah. he, he can do a lot of things and pick up a lot of things and a lot of information. Uh, so I was sort of that way my whole life. I could pick up a lot of information without having really being able to, or being, paying attention fully. Mm-hmm but I know how to pick up the high-level information. So for me, though, I started taking a lot of notes as a player. I took a lot of notes. I have notebooks filled with just notes from my playing days. Um, I don't look at them that much anymore, <laughs> except for with us, I, start to go, I started to go back because I'm you know, helping out at the high school, and I started to go back and look at things and, and read stuff, realize I took a crap ton of notes. And so that's sort of how I, I did it. Plus, feeding my family and being able to support my family is everything. So I had a coach um, when I was at San Jose State earlier in my, you know, this was only my 
third year of playing football, right? Like I walked on at a junior college, played two years there, then had two years at San Jose State. My third year playing football, um, I was having a good season. And one of the coaches, I can't remember his name now. Um, he was an assistant coach. I forget what position he coached, but he said, Rashi, you probably aren't, you, you may not be the best receiver on this team, although I thought I was. <laughs> I um, but you are the best football player on this team. And so from that day forward, I prided myself on being the best football player on the team and being the best football player that I could be. So if you were going to give me an opportunity to do something or I was going to earn that opportunity to do something, I was going to give it everything that I had. Right? So I knew the Bears, my role with the Bears was to be ready on offense and to be the best special teams player that I could be. Right? So that's running down on punts, running down on kickoffs, um, blocking on kick returns, blocking on punts. Like, I just wanted to win, and I will do whatever it takes to win, you know? I read something you said about creating sort of a Jedi mind trick to, oh, like, yeah. feel like you're safe on the field. Yeah, that was when I first started. Okay. When I first started, I dealt with this huge fear of failure. Like, this. that's part, partly why I didn't play in high school other part was there was a lot of dynamics in my personal life that was different you know I grew up in LA but I went to school in the San Fernando Valley right so that's like an hour and a half like I'm from LA proper the city downtown or near the Staples Center the San Fernando Valley is a long ways away and so for anybody uh missing why you did that your, your mom Judy is, yes. is here yes. and so she had you go to uh, a upper middle, middle class, class school so yeah. so you're getting out of what you're seeing every day which is yeah. drugs gang violence whatever you see in in the roughest parts of chicago like that's what i grew up in so, so that but you're you're leaving your friends yeah. to go to this area where you know people don't look like you and you're gonna get this education i don't know anyone i don't like it was just um although there were i wasn't the only kid we were a lot of kids from my area my okay. neighborhood that were bust out there so, but it was just one of those things. Um, and let's go back to the question. Yeah. Remind me of the question. Well, there again. probably wasn't enough time to play football. Well, there was. There, there was. So, for me. Jedi mind trick is where the we started. Jedi mind trick <laughs> is where we, you know, I'll go off on these tangents. I'll be here for a while. I, 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 didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't help anyway, you there. But you just have, you, a, you you have you, a lot of tangents. Yes, it's super yes, interesting. Yes, so, yes. So, yeah. This is our team meetings. <laughs> Jedi mind trick, yes. <laughs> the kids talk about me all the time because I can talk all day. But the, uh, the Jedi mind trick thing came from me being uh, afraid of failure. And so when I first started playing football, um, I thought I was good, had no clue that I was good. Like I, I just was, so I was afraid also to go out there and put myself out there because then I'm, I open myself up to critique, to criticism, right? You're not that good, you suck, or you this and you that. So in order for me, to overcome that, <clears throat> I told myself that when my helmet was on, that um, no one could see me. They didn't know who I was. And then until I got the ball in my hands, and when I got the ball in my hands, I'm as good as anybody. And so, and I knew that. I knew that about myself mm -hmm. from the time that I was uh, younger than my son, that I was fast and I was 
very athletic and I could pick things up physically, like easily, quickly. Um, but when I was, even when I wasn't playing and I played with my friends on the streets or I played with my friends in, in school, junior high and high school, my nickname was Rocket Ishmael because I could take a kick return and, and juke everybody and get to the house, you know? And so I knew that as long as I had the ball in my hands, I'm as good as anybody or better. So did it take like certain moments for you? Like, so you obviously thought that and knew that in your head, but like as it translated on the football field to go from not playing in high school to getting the opportunities you did, you eventually landed San Jose state. Cause I, I read one story where like you were playing wide receiver. They asked you to switch to corner. <laughs> That's a wild and you That's end up a wild story. You end up well. Tell us the story because didn't you end up facing Nate Burleson in that yeah, game? Yeah, Nate Burleson. Shout out to Big Nate. He hit <laughs> us up for three hundred yards in one game receiving. <laughs> three hundred yards, no touchdowns, though. Nate, I don't know how you didn't score. <laughs> hey, there you go. Hey, yeah, Nate. Nate's gonna see this, bro. Hey, you didn't score in that game. There was a play where Nate catches a hitch, and uh, Jukes our guy takes off, and the guy who slips and falls, who he jukes, gets up and catches him. Wow. But Nate was – we didn't – I didn't know this at the time, but he was hurt. Okay. Um, uh, so he was slightly hurt. He still hit us for 300 yards on half a leg. <laughs> wow. But <laughs> – anyway, so that story is I'm, I'm riding the bench as a senior. My junior year at San Jose State, I think I was only second to uh, Chad Johnson. Shout out to Ocho Cinco in uh, yards per catch. At the Division One level. I averaged 19.6 yards a catch as a junior. On 40 catches, six or seven touchdowns. 40 catches, 785 yards. Do the math. Um, so, uh, and that was against quality competition. I had three for 60 against Nebraska in the touchdown. I had 121 against USC. I had 130-something against Stanford. Um, you know, so I, I had a good junior season. But my senior season, we got new coaches, and I, for some reason, couldn't play for the guy. Right? Like, I could not. And it started early, and I just – I rolled the bench as a senior. So, we're in game six or seven uh, against Nevada. My homeboy, Nate uh, – uh, uh, Edel Shepard, who actually came here for the Bears, was on practice squad for the Bears after we left San Jose State. He came straight here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird because um, we played in junior college together too, um, <laughs> but just never in the NFL. But we played in some of the same stops. Anyway, he um, was having a good game. I was sitting the bench just watching the game and kind of dejected. And uh, – at halftime of that game, I'm sitting in the receiver room with all the receivers kind of just half paying attention, not really in it. And uh, the defensive coordinator, who was the defensive backs coach, came into the room and said, hey, give me him. And I did. <laughs> like, hey, let me, give me Rashid. And so I looked at my coach. And I got up, walked in there into the DB room, which was the weight room at the time. Uh, he walked me to the uh, whiteboard, drew uh, my number, drew the other, you know, a receiver on the board and put a figure eight around us and said, you got him everywhere he goes. What do you know about cover two? Not much. 
you know, I know, you know, basics. Uh, he's like, don't worry about it. If we run zone or anything like that, I'll take you out. Um, and I'll put someone else in. And so I go out there and I play the whole game at corner and no one catches a pass on me. Um, so I'm talking about. And so I'm tired at one point, even in that game, I'm exhausted because it's hard as hell to play man coverage all game long and man press. I was playing man press everywhere. So I'm doing that and uh, I'm tired and I'm looking for like one rep off and I look to the sideline and the head coach is like, no, you wanted to play. Stay in the game. And I'm like, I, I just, from that day forward, I don't think I've spoken a word to him since. Wow. So was that game against Nate Burleson or that was it a was different? It was against Nate. Okay. It was that game. I don't know if I covered Nate in that game. Okay. Not. I really don't. I just know whoever I was on didn't catch the pass. Yeah. Well, and you got to, I mean, I'm just imagining you're, you're just disengaged. I'm not playing. I hate this now. I mean, oh, my God, I'm getting an opportunity here. I'm going to prove to the world that I can do this. It was just do what you do. Yeah. I'm an athlete, so so like when I say I'm an athlete, I can run and I can jump and I can move. I've always been able to move, and I always paid attention. That whole ADHD thing where you're like, where I said I pick up things mm-hmm. without like paying attention. Well, I did that a lot. Like I paid attention to what was going on in practice, and I would listen when we would do one-on-one drills, and I would watch other people's feet, and I would. Uh, pretend you know their mannerisms or whatever, but I also played special teams. I played the corner on sometimes. Mm, there it is, yeah. At uh, on uh, punt punt return, so I had to block a guy. So one day, the reason this all even came about was uh, the defensive coordinator, who was a DB coach, was also coaching the uh, the DBs and the Gunners. So. One day, you know, you get into a pissing contest with guys in practice, and they start talking crap. And I'm like, I bet you 100% you couldn't stop me from getting down the field and getting to the, the returner. Uh, I bet you I'll get down there and make the play. But I bet you on the flip side, you couldn't get past me. Mm-hmm. And so as they were talking, and our coaches let us jaw jack and go at it, and he didn't stop me, and I went and locked them all up. And so that's what happened. Really, he remembered that, and that was earlier in the season. And he said, uh, do what you did in practice. Those were his exact words. Just do what you did, did. in practice. It's paying attention. Yeah. yeah. So, But I'm, I'm slightly crazy on the football field. <laughs> you have to be, right? Yeah. Slightly. Crazy game. I'm Some referees crazy. have learned that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, so for those that don't know, Rasheed Davis – Office coordinator at Carmel Catholic High School where I also help out doing special teams and you're hearing from him talking about all these different things he did on the football field which is why part of the reason why he's such a good coach and so valuable in so many different ways I mean the amount of things like he just talked about gunner stopping the gunner playing DB playing wide receiver um, you know you did other areas on special teams too it's I did. I've done anything that someone my size can do on the football field, and even larger. I've done it. I played it. So it's not just me talking from some theoretical point of view. It's just I've done this. This is what helped for me. I can't tell you how. I can tell you how I did it. I can show you how I did. It. I can show you what would help you. But you have to sort of play the game the way that you play the game, right? Um, as long as you're making plays. Well, one of the things <laughs> so, yeah. one of the things true. you taught me, Rashid, that 
came up in conversation on this show last year when Valus Jones Jr., rookie returner for the Bears last year, now going his second season, was struggling to go from kick returner to punt returner. Oh, yeah. And, and like, people couldn't figure out, like, well, it's returner. Why can't you catch yeah. the ball? And it's a completely different catch that you're making uh, and it's a totally different thing when you got guys running down. It's a different mindset. Mindset because they're right on top of you as opposed to kick return. Nobody's down there by the time when you catch the ball. But y- you taught me just like how you're reading the spin on the ball when it's coming yeah, in the yeah, air. Yeah. And like those intric- intricacies that you never, like as a fan, you never even think of that. It's a, it's a different skill set than being a kick returner. Kick returner, no one's on top of you for the most part. Except for when you when I was in arena, that was a different animal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, in the NFL, um, like or on the big field, kick returning and punt returning are totally wholly different things because, like Coach said, uh, the gunners and those guys will be in your face. You have to be first of all uh, extremely confident, right, and somewhat fearless as a punt returner. Um, you have to make great decisions and you have to be able to understand and read the kick. There's different spins from different kickers. Uh, the easier ones to catch are kickoffs because they flip in or over in and they typically go the direction that they're, they were kicked. If they're kicking it right and it's flipping in over in, it's going to keep going right. Even if the wind is blowing hard. Now, if it's, the wind is really blowing hard. Nothing's going to go in that. So you just follow the wind, right? Um, but if it's spinning and the nose is up, right, that ball is going to carry. It's going to carry deep. It's going to turn over. The nose is up and it turns over like that. So if it's got this arc here, it'll turn over. You keep going in that direction. Again, as long as the wind isn't blowing too hard in the opposite direction, it's going to keep heading that way, right? You just have to, you know it's deep. It's going to fall into your chest. Or you're going to have to catch it over like a pass. But if the nose is up and that ball is spinning, it's going to drop straight down. It's not going to drop. It's going to go up in the air in the direction it starts, but then it's going to drop straight down, but then it's going to curve at the end. It's going to So you're going to be, or you have to be underneath it. Yeah. You have yeah. to get underneath that that spin, you know. And then there's the weird ones where it's just doing a half spin, half flop, and that's just weird. So it's hard to catch anyway. It's a hard job. Yes. Yeah. None, none of it's easy no, listening it's to you easy. describe it, uh, which this is kind of like another level of understanding just I'm, yeah. as I'm computing it. What what We're going to take a little one second here, but I just before we get too far away from this, I just want to ask you about Devin because we're sort of yeah. in that zone. What what did you appreciate most about getting to see him up close? It's just playmaking ability. Yeah, you know what I mean. Devin was smart too in in understanding. Uh, he read kicks very well. You know, um, yeah. he probably can tell you more about how the ball is spinning than I can, or maybe he can. He could just do it naturally. He just mm. felt it. You know, I'm not sure about that. I've never talked to him about understanding how the ball's spinning or anything yeah. like that. Uh, but he also, with the ball in his hands, he's bar none. I don't know if there's in, anyone better than him with the ball in his hands, maybe ever with the ball in his hands. He's phenomenal. I've yeah. never seen anyone run full speed 
at an angle across the field, take one step in the ground and go that way and be back full speed, like within a step or two. That is crazy to me. Like it took me one, two, three steps to stop and go back that way. And I'm quick. Devin was unreal. That, that's how people would describe Gail back in the day. It was like, he'd be this way, that way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Special. I'm just yeah. put my foot on the ground and then go that way. <laughs> yeah. I'm not thinking Different, about man. going that way. I'm just, I, I want to go that way, put my foot and go that way. The rest of us are like, stop, <laughs> turn, <laughs> run. You know what I mean? He just skips a few steps there. Yeah, he just skips a step or two. Uh, yeah. A lot more I want to get into with you. Uh, Got to thank a couple sponsors here real quick, though, including uh, one of our newer sponsors, Lewis University. Lou you. Many of the students at Lewis University are adults just like you. Many have full-time jobs. Many have families. All of them chose Lewis's supportive educational community to help make their transition back to school as easy as possible and earn a respected degree. Lewis is located 35 miles southwest of Chicago. It's a comprehensive Catholic university ranked one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts. They have courses that are offered in the evening, online, in blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. Faculty bring real-world experience and instruction to the classroom, which is immediately relevant to your career they offer career support and academic resources for adult students. Whether you're looking to complete your bachelor's degree, enroll in a professional certificate, or graduate degree, Lewis has the right program for you. Lewis offers career-focused programs in business, com- computer science and technology, criminal justice, education, nursing, and many high demand fields we're just going to highlight one here because the lewis program in criminal justice and public safety for example first responders receive 20 percent off tuition discount and the tuition is deferred for six weeks after the end of each class Uh, the adult undergraduate programs include computer science aviation maintenance technology certificate business analytics criminal justice business programs technology programs discover how a degree from lewis can help you build a better world learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this lord knows i could use another degree lou you we appreciate you (laughs) uh probably maybe two more degrees so Uh, it's southeast of chicago i wonder how close is the naperville for the new bear state i passed it the other day going out to my big southwest sunday morning tennis match which i lost thank you very much uh tough loss it's okay get fitted out of the best sports gear around do you Maybe ever th- come in here and tell us about a tennis win wow <laughs> you need to slow your roll you need to slow your roll with Every that day comment. it's like oh, that comment is that comment is some serious bullshit uh, <laughs> <laughs> bang bang yeah um hoodies shoes signs <laughs> bobbleheads <laughs> carm victory shirts everything in between best gear around you want to do it baseball season Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. Po- Just get yourself out there right now. Let's get a polo. Okay. Foco. We love our friends at Foco. They've donated some awesome stuff for our set, which you can see. And, yes, go to Foco, F-O-C-O dot com. Click on the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. We love our friends at Foco. Their gear is awesome. All right. Yeah. Which well I want to know this. Yeah, which way we want to go. There's a million ways here. When you're when you're 
So you go from San Jose State, mm-hmm. riding the bench as a senior, mm-hmm. then you end up in the Arena League playing for San Jose yeah. SaberCats. Like, are you, at that point, are you thinking NFL as a possibility? Is that a goal of yours? And then, like, tell us how you landed with the Bears. I got into Arena because San Jose, the SaberCats were really good. Arena football was a Legit. bigger thing mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, There's a lot of players who played in the NFL that, went or dropped down to the arena league. So I played with a lot of guys um, like James Rowe, um, Aaron Taylor, uh, a lot of guys that played for these guys. Rowe played for Baltimore. Um, Taylor, Aaron played for uh, the Colts. Um, Jerry Reese, all of these guys had either been in the NFL for a long time or uh, for a few years, one, two, three, four, up to six years, James Hunden, you know. Um, so those are the guys that I was playing with in arena, learning the game of football. But how I ended up in arena was the coaching staff from the year before at San Jose State from my junior season, uh, one or two of them was on the staff with the Sabercats at the time. Unbeknownst to me, they came out to my last um, college game. They were watching us play Stanford. And uh, so I guess some buzz had started about me playing defensive back. I, my, those games that I played, I played in three and a half games. The halftime half of uh, the second half of the Nevada game and then three other games. And I ended up with 26 tackles and two interceptions in those three and a half games. Wow. And I dropped, I picked one and I dropped a pick in that Stanford game, that last game. Um, and so they were watching. And the Tuesday after my last college game, I was trying out for the Sabercats. And so I was, uh, while people were getting ready for the NFL, I was under contract playing for the Sabercats in practices. You know, I was already working. Our guys mm-hmm. are trying to get to the NFL. So I was – I've always been very realistic about the mortality of this game, you know, my mortality in this game. And so I, I try to just be honest with myself. I didn't. I knew I didn't have much of a shot, if any shot, to make it in the NFL after having a senior season I had. You know, maybe if I had played corner the whole year, yeah, maybe so, you know. Um I ended up playing, this is a little digression, but um, I, I played uh, those three, one of those three games was against Bernard Berrien in Fresno State. Okay. He scored a touchdown on me. And this is, I, I go to that because my mom is here and I don't know if she's going to hear me tell this story. But anyway, while I was playing for the Bears, my mom comes and she's like, uh, I need you to get this picture signed. Uh, it's of Bernard or whatnot. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. And I, she hands me the picture, and I look at the picture. It's a picture of Bernard catching a touchdown on me. <laughs> on me. The ball, let me see the football. The ball is literally, I'm in great coverage, by the way, great coverage. But this, uh, David Carr is the older brother, right? David Carr is the quarterback. Okay. He throws this perfect pass. My head is facing the other direction. Where is he? I'm looking back over my shoulder here. Bernard is here. Right. So I'm trying to look back here like this. As soon as my head turned, the ball is right here. 
So Bernard catches it. It's perfect pass. It's a back shoulder, beautiful thing. But I had to go, and I'm like, you want you want me to get this sign? <laughs> That's all right, mom. So <laughs> mom wanted Bernard Barry to sign the photo yes. of him catching a, a touchdown, touchdown on, on me. That's yes. messed up. So I went into the room. <laughs> she was like, here, just get it signed, boy. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I, <laughs> I got the picture signed. But anyway, um, I ended up in arena football because they came out to check me out. And I played there for several years. I didn't. I felt like um, I still had the ability to play in the NFL. Um, and I made a few mistakes early in my career in, in arena. Um like that were unprofessional because I was trying out for NFL teams. Like I was under contract with the Sabercats, but I missed the practice that I went to do a tryout mm. for the Ravens, right? That was a <clears throat> dumb move. Luckily, I was good enough, and they felt good enough about me to keep me around. Wow. Right? So the head coach brought me in. His name was Darren Arbett, and he said, you belong to Mally. Terry Mally is a good friend to this day. He's an offensive consultant at San Jose State at my alma mater. Uh, but he was an offensive coordinator. And he's like, and I was dumb enough to just not think it was that big a deal, you know, at the time. And just hung around Mally and did my job. And so when, how I ended up with the Bears, it's another long story. I'll keep it short. But I scored 44 touchdowns in my last year uh, with in the Arena Football League in like 13 games. I had 1,400 yards receiving. 44 touchdowns, um, 30 of them were receiving, eight of them were like returns. That's just such a big um, number. I know the yeah. league is the different, others but it's were just like, like um, rushes, like handoffs. Right? Yeah. I played a little. This it wasn't running back. It was just like a type of reverse that we did mm. in arena football. Yeah. How did you gain Lovey's confidence? Did my job. He asked me to do something. I did it, you know, without question. It was just, he's, you know, Lovey was, he's, he can be very sarcastic, you know, and he would say things like, I didn't see you on tape today. And I was like, BS, go watch that tape. You ain't watch it close enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> you ain't watch it close enough. I'm here every day. I did something every day. Um, whether that be on special teams or it be, you know, at receiver. And so other thing that I, I learned was to be um, to be hard to read, right? So never, you know, the whole term, never let, never let them see you sweat, mm. right? So they, uh, Jerry Angelo, I think, told my agent, I think this is who said this to my agent, we can't read him. I don't know what's, you know, I can't tell what's going on in his head. Like, he's got these intangibles that we don't quite understand. We can't quite read. And it was, you know, one of the things that he described was like, if he catches a pass, he does the same thing. He gets up, claps his hand, and gets back to the huddle. If he drops a pass, he does the same thing. He gets up, claps his hand, gets back to the huddle. Um, and in my head, that's not at all what was going on, though. No. In my head, I was like, you can't do that. Right. You don't have the equity to do that. You got to make that play, you know, and so. 
Rashid, well, you, you talked about being fearless as a punt returner, but you also need I wasn't same fearless. I didn't understand that I was. I as a returner. to be fearless <laughs> as a punt returner. But that fear, that fearlessness, <laughs> so, you need as a wide receiver position. Yes. No doubt. Yes. And you made a lot of catches in the yes. middle of the field. Were there When you're running a seam route, mm-hmm. are you thinking about the hit that's probably going to come right after? Can you mm-hmm. think about that? How does that – like you have to mentally prepare – as well as physically prepare for some of those type of plays. So how does how do you go about that? Um, I'm slightly crazy. I keep saying mm-hmm. this on yeah. the football field. I'm not fearless though. I'm really not. I'm courageous. I learned the difference. I love that distinction. Yeah. Like I'm not fearless. I wasn't fearless on the football field. I was just courageous. I knew I was just gonna do it anyway. I had to do it anyway. It's my job to do it anyway. Right? Um and that's one of the things that I've learned about life is that life happens on the other side of fear. Right? Like if something is largely good for you and I mean, the decisions not most decisions, this is my opinion about life. Most decisions in life are neither good nor bad, right? They're just decisions that need to be made. If something know that is largely good on the other side, there's really no downside to doing it. Um, and it causes you fear. You probably should keep going in that direction. We're getting in the deeper yeah. end of the pool right now. And yes. I, I love this end of the pool. So that I think that's the, like, if you're afraid to do something, that's like you're somewhere in you is actually telling that's the direction. Yeah. Calling the girl, going to that school, making that catch. Whatever it whatever, is. Whatever the terror is. Keep going. Right. So for, uh, for in the football uh, context, on the football field, I knew they were there. I just, I learned, and arena football taught me this, right? Because arena football or college football, if you're good enough to play in the NFL, this is my opinion. I, some people may think I'm wrong. I just believe this. In the NFL or in college, if you're an NFL quality talent, It'll show, glaringly show, right? So you're, when you're wide open in, in college, you're wide open. It's clear, right? This is sometimes where I think college quarterbacks don't translate to the NFL very well, right? Because in college, this is a DB, this is a receiver, he's open. In the NFL, this is the DB. This is the receiver. He's open. <laughs> right. Small He's got up. a step. NFL open. He's created. Mm-hmm. different. You know, and then if you're uh, DeAndre Hopkins, it don't matter where you at. He's open. Mm-hmm. He's going to catch it. Right? So, um, quarterback get paid a lot of money. Peyton Manning got paid a lot of money to put the ball right there. Right here. DB right there. Right? So, when I say that in arena football taught me how to catch the ball in traffic is because when I was playing receiver in college, I was open a lot. You know, I made some tough catches against tough competition. The tougher the competition, the harder the catch would have had to be. But I made the catches, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I wasn't taking a bunch of hits over the middle of the field. DBs weren't always right around you, linebackers. Now I took some big hits, got up from them, but they're not a lot. In arena football, though, that wall is undefeated. <laughs> That's yeah. what we say. Its wall is undefeated. And DBs, especially really good ones, 
wouldn't necessarily go for if they were B, they wouldn't go for the pass. They would just wait until the last second um, and push you into the wall. You have to make a life decision. I was going to say, like, I, I don't. Uh, like, I don't know enough about the Arena League strategy, but it just seems like if you're a DB, you always have double coverage because you have the wall. You I have mean, a wall. I, e- even, you know, it, it, regular football, you use the sideline to your advantage, obviously, but it's different when it's a physical wall. Yeah, It's a physical wall. Yeah, so you try to use as a DB, same thing on uh, on the big field, too, is you use out of bounds as your extra right. defender, but mm-hmm. in arena football, that wall is there, and your receiver, as a receiver, you have to catch it, period. That's your job. Catch the ball, even if it's close to the wall. So I learned how to catch, be solely focused on the football in arena football, because even if I was wide open, that pass that the quarterback threw may lead me into the wall. Hmm. And so I can't turn it down if you want to make money like playing this game. You got to go do it. And so I learned to focus solely on the football and everything you you guys have heard throughout history of sports in this country, somebody talk about being in the zone and everything being in slow motion. The ball is slow motion in the air to me. Like it's slow, it's going in slow motion. When I'm really locked in, it's going in slow motion. And so when I catch it, everything speeds back up though. It's like almost instantaneously, right? I'm running, I get open, the ball's in the air, I see the ball, I find it, it's going in slow motion, I see the rotation of it, whatever, I figure out how I calculate how to catch it, I make the catch, and then as soon as it hits my hands, my feet hit the ground, it's... And then your body starts to do what it naturally does. That's what I tell my own son now, it's like, don't worry about... um, how to do your hands and how to do this and don't don't worry about anything but catching the ball. Focus on catching the ball, and then when your ball hits your hands, I tell our receivers this. Everything else is God-given. It's just going to happen. If you're good with the ball in your hands, you won't even be able to explain why you did what you did. It just happens. Like, Tory is that way. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, quick shout out. Uh, Remy gave yep. us five bucks and said, for goodness sakes, hit the like button. We got cheat on the show. Um, I just kind of <laughs> want to, we had Trey Five ask this question, and I think it kind of builds off what Nick was saying. Is He wanted to ask you how it felt catching passes over the middle with hard-hitting safeties during the time, like Mike Brown, Sean Taylor, John Lynch, Brian Dawkins. Those, like, you know, talk about that, those dudes. Um, You don't think about it. It is what it is. You know, I've been hit by many of those guys. I've been, hardest hits were on special teams. Um, and most guys aren't, I won't say most, many guys aren't necessarily afraid when you see them, they're, the alligator arm thing. Mm-hmm. Many times it's just they didn't anticipate that happening. So it's like somebody's scaring you. Like you're not, you, not you knew that person was there. Maybe that person wasn't as far as you thought that person was, or something one else flashes in front of your face, like really quickly, and you mm-hmm. just breaks that concentration, and you're like, oh, and you get startled. Most of the times you see alligator arms, that's probably what's happening. Now, I could be making excuses for people, but that's what I think happens majority of the time. But me, I, I don't know, I had a job to do. I got a job to do, and my job is to catch the pass, and I'm gonna try to catch the pass, because uh, if it's me, Versus you, meaning if it's going to cost me my job, 
versus you costing costing you yours, it's gonna be your job, yep. not mine. I'm going to get that thing. You just mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, who's 31, and he's out there. No one's signing him. Mm-hmm. He probably wants more money than people are willing to pay. That's the logic around it. Would you add him, make you the GM for a second, into the Bears wide receiver room with who they have in there right now? Yeah, if we could afford him. And if it's not going to mess up the dynamic in the room, like does he fit our system? Yeah. You know, does he fit in with what we're trying or where we're trying to go? Can we afford him? I mean, they're sitting on a bunch of dough. Yeah, but can we afford to pay him, you know, and how long? Right. You know, do we anticipate him being here? Is it one year? Is it two years? Three, four, five? I don't know. I'm also curious from – you talk about, like, his fit, though, whether it's whether it's DeAndre Hopkins or any player. I'd like to hear your perspective on that because there's been so much emphasis – since Ryan Poles, the Matt Eberflus guy here about mm-hmm. culture, mm-hmm. and you played in an era for the Bears where, I mean, we're constantly talking about the bonding that you guys still all have together. Yeah. Um, by the way, J Mac says he's watching the show. <laughs> he's <laughs> he probably critiquing us. my outfit. J McKee's the best. <laughs> but Jason, whether it's Jason McKee, Olin Krutz, all, all these guys, you guys all keep in touch with each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, how like there seems to be a return an emphasis from the bears in the last couple of years trying to return to that era that you played in for uh-huh. the bears how important is that and and why can there be a player and i'm not saying it's the case for deandre hopkins but sometimes there's really good players out there and they're just not interested in signing them because they don't think it's a good fit for what they're trying to build um the wrong player can mess up a whole lot like not I'm not talking about DeAndre Hopkins in this yeah. instance. I don't know the man. I love the way he plays. Mm-hmm. I love what he represents. I love his attitude toward his training, towards everything. I don't know what happened with the steroid thing. I'm not into that part, but I he always seems to be prepared and he's a dog. Right? Um I think mm-hmm. I would like to play with him. That being said, I don't know him, right? I do believe that culture though you know, is everything. If you are playing with guys who you respect, who respect you, or at least you don't even have to necessarily like your teammate in order to play with them. If they come to work every day, you know, and there's not any BS, like they come, they show up every day in practice. I don't care what you do in your personal life. You know what I mean? I don't care what you do. How much partying you do, whatnot. Because if you stay up with the Owls, you better be able to soar with the Eagles in the morning. That's all we cared about. Like, that's all I care about is tomorrow we got practice. You better be on time. You know, you better be there to do your job. Don't create a distraction. Game day. Are you there on game day? You know, to some degree, I don't necessarily care what you do in practice. Right? What do you do on game day? Do you execute? Do you make plays? Um, because we all have to eat. It's my job. Like, if we win, everybody gets paid. But if we lose, everybody's got to go find another job somewhere. Or majority of us, especially those that are like me, that are like middle, below, you know, middle of the pack to below. Like, we got to win, you know? 
Rashid, with uh, kind of sticking with the current Bears, just how do you feel the direction of this team is, is going? Matt Eberflus, Justin Fields is quarterback. Just kind of what are your overall thoughts here? I like what he's doing. I, I like uh, I like what Poles is doing. Um, again, I don't know anything about what's mm-hmm. going on inside. I can't remember everybody that was drafted. I like what he did before the draft <laughs> in terms of tr- trading the first pick to get multiple picks. You know, I, I do think that I did think that they need that for the long term. They needed to have a lot of young guys, bring in a lot of young guys that could potentially, you know, become starters and and outplay, you know, we need Lance Briggs. Somebody that's going to outplay his draft status, mm-hmm. you know, and the only way to do that is to get or to give yourself the best opportunity to do that is to get multiple picks. For sure. You know, so, and I like the direction that, in my opinion, that they're headed. I miss Montgomery. You know, I wish we could have figured that out and kept Montgomery, but I like Khalil Herbert. Um, what I know about the guy we drafted, I forget his name, but he's supposed to be really good. And he's got great size. Maybe Darn he fits yeah. in well. I'm hoping that is the case. You know, um, you know, we got to get the ball out of Justin Fields' hands. You know, he can't hold it and take off running every time. Now I'm not saying that that's what he's doing, that whether guys are getting open or not, I haven't watched the film. I can't tell you that. But in any case, the ball's got to come out of his hands, whether it's the receiver's fault or it's his fault. It's got to come out of his hands because he's not going to last long as a running back. Well, and I think one of the things he's learning is what you were talking about earlier, the difference between college open and NFL open. Because especially where he was playing at Ohio State, those dudes were always <laughs> open. <kind> great. <laughs> great receivers. Yep. You know what I mean? And he's got some good ones on his hands. He's got good – I love uh, DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I really like Darnell Mooney. You know, the guys that he brought in the room I think are really good guys. So maybe that's another reason they don't need DeAndre Hopkins. They got DJ. DJ's been a phenomenal – that's another first-round pick. What was he, number 24? Yeah. I think he's around he was number there, yeah. 24, right? So that's a first-round pick. So you, you traded your first-round pick for a proven first-round pick, and you got another one. Double dip. You know, so in my opinion, as long as the scouting room did the right things and picked the right guys in the draft, and th- these are good guys, and if they can stay healthy, They've done a phenomenal job. All right, one more quick break, and then I want to I want to bring up uh, Saturday Place and some other things that oh, yeah. you're you're involved in before you get out of here. Um, but first, want to make sure everyone knows to take on the sun this summer with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all because Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase and together with their customer shady rays is providing much needed support 
to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through the Shady Rays Impact, from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. Exclusive for our listeners right now, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Check out Shady Rays and also check out Athletic Greens. With one scoop of your AG1s, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. And what's awesome about Athletic Greens is that it costs less than a cup of coffee a day, also helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. Super simple. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bears. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Bears to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. All right, a few more minutes here with Rasheed Davis. Uh, if anyone wants to drop any super chats and, and sneak those in before we get out of here, you are welcome to do so. I also have a stadium question because for some reason in the chat, that seems to be the uh, dominating conversation again mm-hmm. today uh, with what's going on with the Bears stadium. But yeah, let's drop that super chat in. Um, I think from Dylan there, 499 asking, uh, from your time playing, is there any changes to the rules that you wish were in while you played or any that you're happy that happened after? Um, <clears throat> I don't like the new kickoff return rule. I hate it. Mm-hmm. It's the stupidest rule in the history. They might as well just hand the ball off or just give it to the team on the 25-yard line. Or the See, team. I went on an eight-minute rant about this last week. You just said it better than me in the eight seconds. Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> that was good. But anyway, uh, so I hate that rule. Uh, yeah, I wish they, they let us uh, catch the ball over the middle without getting hit, too. So <laughs> I do like that, that rule. Um, but I think um, the NFL is going a little bit too far. You know, they were all the way on one end and that player safety wasn't a big deal. And then now you're changing the completely changing the game, you know, and as you're doing that, um, I don't know, you run the risk of ruining something. So it's a good thing. So. All right. Tell us about Saturday Place. Saturday Place. Saturday Place is an enrichment program for Chicago public school students. For third and fourth grade Chicago public school students who are performing a year below grade level. We just had our 13th graduation this year. So we started Amazing. in 2010. It's awesome. So you're looking for kids who are not doing well and you want to find them and you want to lift them up. Yeah. So if a kid isn't reading at grade level by the end of the third grade, that kid is four times less likely to graduate from high school. You factor in poverty, that same kid is now 13 times less likely to graduate from high school. You don't graduate from high school in this country, it's a 70% chance you go to jail. Um, Jeez. That's the school-to-prison pipeline, you know, and we, our private prisons uh, look at the third grade to uh, figure out population statistics and get more beds for the wait, prison. Wait, say that again? Third grade, um, I forget what study it was a long time ago. 
private prisons, look at the third grade reading statistics or whatever, kids' performance, and... Wow. Like, project. Project how many prisons and blah, blah, blah. So 70% chance you go to jail, and that's no matter who you are, black, white, Mexican, Asian, you know, demographics. You don't graduate from high school in this country. Uh, It's a big deal. So... um, some of my stats may be off a little bit, and you may get some hate emails and whatever. But yeah, that's why Saturday Place was started. Well, well, regardless, the work is real. The work is real. We've yeah. been doing it for 13 years. We have a partnership with UIC, where UIC gives us generously gives us classroom space um, and storage space for our teachers in the program. Uh, the only people that are paid in our program are the teachers and the program director. Our teachers are well. Uh, educated in uh, Chicago CPS public school teachers who give up their Saturdays to work with us. Uh, they are paid, but they work with us every Saturday for nine months out of the year. So if the school year is in, we're, we're going. I was watching one of your, your speeches, and uh, you gave credit to a third-grade teacher, Mrs. Dyer, I believe. Yes. Yeah, you, you've done your research. Yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> yes. I, 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 yes, and I, it was... You know, for somebody like myself, who, I mean, I was okay, K mm-hmm. through five, but, you know, junior high through high school, I was a non-factor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just, I was not studying. I was, yeah. I, I had stuff going on family and I, like, I just got around it. Yeah. Um, and so for somebody like that to grab hold of you at that age, yeah. I get, I mean, it seems like a, a, almost a direct line that. to what you're doing right now. Right? I didn't, I didn't realize that until we started developing a Saturday place. And okay. that's when it dawned on me, like, oh, crap. It's kind of coming full circle, yeah. right? Because my father was killed when I was eight years old. Yeah, you're an eight-year-old kid eight-year-old. in third grade. You lose yeah. your dad. And so I had some behavioral issues. I wasn't a bad kid. I never really got in trouble. You know, I've never been suspended or anything like that. But I did some things. Like, I would cry for no reason, what seemed like no reason after he died, like, in class. Or I would... Um, you know, I'm a jokester a little bit, so I make jokes and I'd be a little too boisterous and she'd probably go to jail for doing this today, but she would say fit. Like she would literally put her hand like this and say fit. And I would have to fit my neck in her hands and she would just hold, you know, she did it to just, um, get me her, for me to give her my full attention. And she would say, you need to chill, relax a little bit, calm down. You know, we need to get class going, focus. And I did. And I laughed. I was tiny. Like, one day she hung me on a coat hanger. (laughs) I kid you not. Like, I was tiny. (laughs) I had a coat on. She said, come here. She put me on and hung me in class. Other kids might have, you know, cried, been upset about I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) Still do to this day. I can't imagine what would happen today if that happened. If she did that to this day, everybody be oh, lost be their mind yeah. or whatever. But she was not a malicious person. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could find her. I don't know where she is. I wish I could find her to say thank you. You know, because what was her name again? Uh, Mrs. Dyer. Mrs. Dyer. Or Miss Dyer. She Ms. was Dyer. Ms. Dyer. And uh, I had another teacher uh, whose name is Mrs. Robinson now, um, but she was. Uh, my, I was blessed by God to have Mrs. Dyer for third and fourth grade mm-hmm. and Mrs. Robinson for fifth and sixth grade. And so that's really what Saturday Place is. 
is those two teachers in my life. Compassion, love, care was Miss Dyer. Um, Mrs. Robinson uh, pushed me to get in a speech competition. I'm deathly afraid, deathly afraid of public speaking. Um, but I came in third place. Uh-huh. And then that third place got me into a regional competition where I, I kind of bombed a little bit. My fear kicked back in and I bombed a little bit. Forgot half my speech. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that got me to a field trip that took me to Catalina Island and Saturday place, we do field trips roughly every four to five weeks, something like that, within the school year. And those field trips are designed to take our kids out of their existing environment and show them greater Chicago. Yeah. Show them that your neighborhood is just a microcosm of the world you live in. It's just a small piece of the world you live in. You live in all of this. You can be a part of all of this. You just got to figure out how to make it happen, work hard, put your head down, study. Education is the number one tool one can use to change the world. That's Nelson Mandela. So, you, awesome. if, if Brandon Johnson, new mayor of Chicago, was sitting there, would, would you have any message for him or any requests that you would like to see him try to tackle in his regime? Uh, come to uh, Saturday Place and check us out. Saturdayplace.org is our website for everybody that wants to know. Uh, check it out. Come to Saturday Place. See what we're doing. Um, get behind what we're doing. You know, uh, help us make the change that we want to see in the city of Chicago. My, my last little piece of research before we got to wrap this up. I'm watching Bears, Seahawks. <laughs> One of the great wins in the history of the franchise on your way to the Super Bowl. OT, here you come down the scene making a huge catch. Yeah. Guys, that was kick- the easiest catch I had that day, though. Yeah, you Everybody were open. You, you, were, you, were, you were straight open. That's true. <laughs> but it was. But the timing was impeccable. You end yes. up, Robbie Gold kicks a 49-yard field goal. Yes. Everyone's running around. And, and I've never seen Lovey Smith that happy in, in, in my entire life. You, you, you helped him get there. It was a fun time, man. That was a good game. Um, one of the most memorable experiences I've ever had in my life and I'm just happy that I was able to do it here in Chicago and go to the Super Bowl here in Chicago although most of our fans have forgotten <laughs> that we were that good that we played in the Super Bowl we didn't win um, and that's my only if I have any it's not necessarily a regret but a wish I could have won the Super Bowl here in the city of Chicago I wish we could have won that game. Don't you regret that the Bears traded Kyle Orton for Jay Cutler? No, I don't regret that. I mean, it's a decision that <laughs> I don't think now, in hindsight, wasn't a great decision. Um, but, you know, and I think Kyle was, uh, and I still think Kyle is one of the most disrespected quarterbacks in NFL football, maybe history. Um, but he was phenomenal. He's good, good guy. Uh did what he was supposed to do, you know, put the ball where he was supposed to put it. You know, he, you know, when he was younger, he was more firing through the ball all hard. But as he got older, he learned how to layer the ball better and put the ball where it's supposed to be. And, and he was a good leader, you know. Um, well, if I remember right, he was the one that threw the pass to you in Atlanta. 
which that should have been the game winning pass. Should have been the game winning pass, <laughs> which is one of the more annoying losses that I can remember back in my fan days. Why you bring that up? That, well, hey. it wasn't your fault. You made the touchdown catch. Eleven seconds left. Oh man! Morton to Rasheed Davis. You think the game's over? And yes. then uh, back corner squib kick that didn't go exactly great. One pass, walk off field goal. That was a tough yeah, one. That, that was a terrible, terrible, terrible loss. And I'm mad at you for bringing it up. <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. I'm surprised that that yeah. was like the first year my my wife, who you know, uh, we were dating, and I'm surprised she's still with me after wa- me watching that game. Oh, did you cry? Screaming? No, not crying. <laughs> yelling in her Milwaukee apartment as she was at UW Milwaukee. That was man. That one was tough. That one was really, really tough. Fun fact, though, I was so high off of that catch that uh, you would have thought I won. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I played well. This yeah. sucks that we lost, but you know what? Did you I see did, that catch? I just put this in the NFL. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I was like, shit. <laughs> but I caught it. But, this, you know, what you said about the Super Bowl, too, like, I don't – it's like getting to know you guys a little bit more now removed from your playing days – it sounds like an obvious thing to say, but, like, you guys really do care so much yeah. that, like, hearing you talk, J-Mac and Olin, just, like, how much that still hurts. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't mean to rehash it, but it's just, like, for I just want fans to know, like, it is, like, still deep ingrained in you guys as, as a group. Man, like, my like per- how much you prevailing wanted. thought after that game was, damn, no one is going to remember how hard it was for us to get here. Mm. No one's going to No one's going to care. That was my prevailing thought after that game. I still feel like that. It's like we did what we were supposed to do. We got here. We didn't finish it, and now no one's going to ever care. Like, so that sucks for me. But it's still a great accomplishment. I still have my golden football. I, You know, I have my jersey hanging up, and I'm proud of it. I don't regret any of that season. You know, um, I just – it sucks, though. What was your perspective of, like, walk us through Devin's kick return open? You don't want to hear that story because then y'all going to hate me. All the fans are going to hate that I even <laughs> – God, dog. This is a true story. I never watched that – before that year, I had never watched a NCAA uh, national championship game start to finish. Never. Till that year. That year, I watched Ohio State uh, versus I forget who. Uh, first play of that game, Ted Ginn returns a kick for a touchdown. I was like, oh, okay. Devin returns this kick for a touchdown. He gets to the end zone. I'm hella excited like everybody else jumping up and down. And, and all of a sudden, clicks into my head, Ohio State, I just saw this. Ohio State lost that game. <laughs> I'm on the sideline. <laughs> I, was, I was pissed at myself. To get it out of my head. For thinking that. Like, I had to get I, – I, I couldn't get it out of my head. You know, and I still blame myself for losing that game. <laughs> just for having because that thought. Just for having that <laughs> Entered thought. your like, mind. Why? I think there's a lot of other why things. Why did like, that enter my mind? But, yes, that's. If that's, that's on the list of reasons why you lost that game, it is <laughs> so it's way down there. It's way down there. Uh, last question, and we'll get out of here. Um, 
Do you have a strong opinion on the stadium? And I mean, you you yeah, you have made this. Move. You think they should move? Yeah, I know it sucks, <laughs> but I think Why? from a business <laughs> perspective. No, 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 no. I don't let it. I'm let not it. a Chicagoan by na- by heart. Like I wasn't born here. I wasn't raised here. I get it. I understand the history and the culture and the everything around it. I get it. But I think the city messed up a long time ago, well before Laurie. I think they messed up. I think they didn't understand that they didn't have the upper hand. Like you don't have the upper hand in this battle. You you think you do, but you really don't, right? Maybe they did at the time before the Arlington Heights thing came up. But I knew about the Arlington Heights thing well before anything came out about the Arlington Heights thing. Um, that lakefront view and all is beautiful. Love it. Chicago, they are the Chicago Bears. I get it, but they started out as the Decatur Staley's. The Decatur Staley's probably figured this, feel the same way that y'all feel about them leaving mm-hmm. Chicago. But my opinion is from a business perspective, it is the better move to go that way. They, they, have con- they will have control of the stadium. They don't own the stadium here. They don't have any control. So if you remember years back when Lovey was still coaching here, and they had to hop on the bus and turn around and go all the way back up to Bourbonnais, back out to Bourbonnais because the field wasn't safe for them to be on it. Do you guys remember that? that I was happened. in Detroit. That was 2011. Yeah. I was playing in Detroit at the this time. This family night, they bust up from Bourbonnais. They get to the field or almost got to the field. I forget what it was. They, but the, but, yeah. the, but I, as reporters, we were com- coming up too, and they canceled the event. Yeah. Because the field wasn't practice, they couldn't practice on That's it. And they had to go back and have a night practice in Burbank. Rock, the 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 uh, Bears uh, grounds uh, crew leader at the time, <laughs> came out to the field, checked the field. The field wasn't safe to play on, right? So they treat that field instead of prioritizing the Bears and saying the Bears have to use that field this weekend. We have to make sure that field is in the best possible condition and the stadium is what it needs to be. Like, they didn't do that. And they did that all the time. That wasn't the first time, right? So we go out onto the field. It's not safe for us to play on, but we got to play on it. Slipping all over the place. We can't break. We can't do this. We can't do that. As a receiver, I hated it, right? Um, And then you talk about the other aspects of that whole thing, right? They're pretty much a development team, right? They get to own all that. They get to build hotels, restaurants, blah, blah, all of that. From a business perspective. Do you think despite the property tax hiccups that came up this week and this idea of Naperville now and there's going to be a meeting, I guess, with Brandon Johnson, do you still think Arlington Park is where this thing ends up? I think uh, Arlington Heights better figure it out before they mess it up too, yeah. personally. That's just me, I'm not in the rooms, I'm not talking to anybody, so. So everything you said makes a thousand percent sense. Yeah. And the part about playing on that field that sucked is super interesting to me, just to hear a player who did it, like yeah. that you hated it. I mean, that, that is, that is a, in bold. However, in my plan, 
which is a ridiculous plan, but my, my brilliant <laughs> plan is that the city finally realizes that they're broke. Mm-hmm. They can get a lot of money for that land. I know there's all this stuff around that. You sell it to the Bears, let them build the stadium that they want right there in the city, and the, the, the city will get a lot of tax dollars coming back be- mm-hmm. in return for all of this. Does that not sound like the perfect plan? They still don't have the same setup they have there. Okay. And it's hard to, <laughs> like, parking yeah, not is wrong. terrible. Yeah, and what like, about the $600 million tax bill that still needs to, or the... Uh, yeah, right. Okay, I got it. Yeah. You know, I, got I don't it. know all about the tax it. benefits and all of that other stuff, I can't say. But from a business perspective, building a new stadium, I think this was a couple years ago, they said it added a billion dollars to the valuation of your team. Yeah. A billion yeah. with a B. <laughs> Sounds like a good plus to me. So, <laughs> just for building it. Hey, but they're never just for building it. But they're never selling this team, so they're never going to see that money in the, you know. Who cares? Bill, five billion, That's six billion. What's the difference? Billion would be. They're still the Chicago Bears, though. Yeah. They're still the yeah, Chicago you know, Bears. Yeah, that's true, too. They are. They're not leaving, you know what I mean, the state. Mm. I don't want to drive out to Arlington That's Heights. about the only leverage that the area has is that, like, unlike the Chargers, they're never going to actually you, leave the where, area. Where, where, where do you live? None of your business. Okay. <laughs> you want to drive I don't out. want to tell them. I'll tell you. I don't want to tell the you world. You want to drive out to Naperville to watch this team play if you go to a game? Not you don't want really, to do that. but you could take a train to Arlington Heights and be there in a you could take few a short tra- minute. Yeah, you could. Right. But it's right. We, we can walk out the door. We can, you know, nice little stroll you over there. You take the train down here to go Guess to Soldier right. Field. Hey. Guess what you're going to have to do? Get off that train. Ed Roosevelt. Go to another train or bus. Take a long She'd ask him the Uber. same question. Ask him where hold he up, lives. Hold up. Take, where you, yeah. yeah. Tell the world where you live. 13th in Michigan. It's yeah. right across the street from me. But, <laughs> but, 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 but forget about all that. You're, you're, you are forgetting the Metro at 18th. There's a bridge right there. Takes you right in. My, my, my people on the south side can ride right in. Bro, it's hard to – as a player with – most of the time I have decent access to yeah. parking passes and mm-hmm. whatnot. It's still hard to park. We got to get there earlier. <laughs> we stop harassing him and let him go, bro. Yeah. Hey, I, I got I'm plenty tonight. of time. Trust me. My mom doesn't have to be where she has to be for another I, couple hours. I'm kind of kindred spirits with your mother, by the way, because I love trains, and apparently she's taking a train to West Virginia because she doesn't yeah, like to fly. Yeah, she doesn't like to fly. She told you that. Yeah, yeah. she doesn't like to fly. She that's cool. She'll train. take the train across the country to, to California. It's peaceful. California. Wow. So, I took the train home from Detroit once. I'm never doing that again. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, never. I won't do it once. (laughs) (laughs) It was Thanksgiving. There weren't any planes after like 2.30. I wanted to get home. Took the train. Took six hours. I'm like, I could have driven this in four. Mm -hmm. Six hours? I don't mind trains. I just, from what she's told me about the stories of how it's terrible. Yeah, but the Wild West. And it's not cheaper <laughs> than flying. No, it's maybe more, it's more expensive. expensive. More expensive. In, in, in many instances, yeah. it's more Because you're staying overnight. You're sleeping. You're enjoying yourself. You're having a couple of drinks in the sleeping bar car. Sleeping in what? In the, something smaller <laughs> than this. <laughs> like, I'm, I, Mom, you like doing this? Uh, yeah, it's fine to me. Okay. All right, Mom. She appreciates the Madden you cruiser. In. I appreciate you. Hey, guys. It's a fun hey, conversation. Hey, real, real quick before we go here, uh, my guy Joseph. Joseph Miracle of Miracle Engraving and Arts sent us. Oh, that's right. Uh, this fine billboard, which is the coolest thing we've uh, 
I mean, except for the fact that it's got Braggs on there, who's been in the chat a million times. And <laughs> we we appreciate you. So check. I out. was a little nervous when you're opening up dope. the box, but that's yeah. actually pretty. Yeah, awesome. we got a video of it too, Joseph. That's going out. So thank you. We it came in today right before the show. Miracle engraving and arts and. Uh, Anyway, hand that to Adam. We'll get a single shot of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there you we go. Get Look at that. Y'all got to sign that, man. It's beautiful. Yeah. True. Appreciate this. I mean, Nick I is still who can make you guys a Bears table now. Ooh. Okay. We're interested. That, and it's that. a nice table. I'll send you a picture, Adam. Right. Nick, I have Nick, one in my basement. Nick I looks that. the. Nick yeah. I was just that. That would look awesome in here. I, yeah. Get some, like right go. here, it's beautiful too. Ooh. I mean. Nick still looks more handsome than, than all of us on this thing somehow. <laughs> Look at him. The guy looks like Pitt in his prime there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's on the phone. What is Bragg's I mean, it's like he's in like Bragg's Goodfellas or something. Bragg's looks like he on, belongs in custody. And, uh, <laughs> 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 That's what it is. Uh, hey, uh, check out SaturdayPlace.org. Give Rashid some love. Appreciate you being here. Please do. Please do. Uh, Donate. We need <laughs> the money. We need yeah. the money. I don't make any money from it, people. Yeah. And meanwhile, football season starts for us it's, next week. It's awesome what you're doing over there. Yeah. So. I'm doing my best, man. It's uh, I have a belief in self-society. Like, we all have a responsibility to ourselves first. Our lives are our responsibility. doesn't matter what happens to us, who we come from. I'm not saying those things don't matter, and they don't affect us. They do. I'm still affected by all the things that I've, the traumas that I've had to overcome. That being said, when I've realized that my life was my responsibility and by the end of it, I was the one that's going to be standing before God by himself, like I had to figure out what I was going to do. And then the society part is we don't live in this world by ourselves. We live in a civil society, hopefully, right, with other people. And we there are sacrifices that we all have to make to live in a civil society. We cannot be selfish all the time, right? So... In order for this to be an equitable civil society for everyone, where everyone has the same rights, rules, regulations, um, we have to help one another, and we have to be willing to sacrifice for one another, you know. And so that's where Saturday Place comes from. Great. Such good a message. good message. We need more yeah. of that these days, right now, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so SaturdayPlace.org. Yes. Um, Make sure you're following the rest of us on Twitter. Tomorrow, uh, we have another Bears OTA practice that we'll be covering. So we'll have all the updates for you. Uh, make sure you're following at CSGO underscore Bears, too. And on Instagram, find the uh, CSGO Sports Instagram account because Nick will have some more photos, videos, all types of things coming from practice tomorrow. And our show tomorrow, as we recap practice will be at 4 o'clock. So we are not rolling at noon tomorrow, 4 o'clock, recapping practice at House Hall. We will all be there. Another day in the sun with football um, as the Bears wrap up their OTAs this week ahead of veteran minicamp next week. So, um, Rashid, thanks again. Thank you. Speaking of camp, I'll see you next week at camp. Yeah, yeah, I'll be Here. losing more hair. <laughs> <laughs> Good, good. You guys have a great season. Yeah. Thank you. Hopefully, yeah. We're, we got we got to play some big boys. Yeah, the schedule uh, schedule's tough. It's tough. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough schedule. Got the right guys. All right. That being said, we're the monsters on this schedule. I like it. That's the right like mentality. That. All right, we're out of here. We will talk to you guys tomorrow again, four o'clock. Talk to you then.